Hello, and welcome to another Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm the editor at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. Hi, I'm Corey Davis. I am the director of public safety operations for Verizon. Corey, thanks so much for joining the podcast. I appreciate it. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. And in my intro, I said I'm the editor at Light. I'm the editor in chief, but I'm not like the only editor. I didn't mean to exclude Kelsey just then. That would have been weird. It's like I'm the editor, and then she says I'm an editor too. What? What just Wait happened? A second. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I usually don't say editor in chief because it, it it's it, it's a misnomer. I actually work for everybody else. <laughs> the, they're the ones that are always just giving me stuff to do, so I just uh, do whatever everybody tells me. Um, anyway, uh, Corey, thanks again. Uh, the, the reason we wanted to talk to you, uh, specifically on this podcast back in November, um, uh, Verizon uh, released its public safety communication survey. Um, this was a survey that was done, uh, back in, let's say late 2021, if I'm, if, if I'm recalling correctly, um, it was a national sample of first responders. So, uh, uh, fire departments, EMS, police, and, um, it was it was really interesting because it's sort of giving a, a ground level view of what the state of communications is and what people are you know familiar with, what they're looking forward to, and that sort of thing in the technology. Um, before I dig into specifics on that, um, was there anything that stood out uh, or, or that surprised you uh, straight away? Because I I'm I'm always curious for those kinds of things because those of us that uh, are you know when companies build networks, they sometimes are surprised at how people are consuming the networks or what they're doing. Was there any sort of surprise that jumped out at you? Yeah, I can tell you from, 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 from my perspective, you know, there probably wasn't, there probably wasn't a lot of surprises. Um, you know, uh, so I, part of, part of the public safety operations team also includes our Verizon response team, which is a, is a 24 by 7, 365 team that helps uh, first responder agencies uh, in times of needs, right? Tornadoes, uh, hurricanes, wildfires, you name it. And um, we've always, we've always known that network reliability would be the number one uh, most needed technology. And part of the reason why Verizon has invested, you know, close to $160 billion um, just to make sure that we have the infrastructure and we have the network available when and where uh, public safety agencies need it most. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, uh, Kelsey, did, did you have a question teed up or otherwise I have an observation to make. And, and it's one of those things where I don't really have a question that follows it. It's just me uh, <laughs> talking. Yeah. yeah a non-question I, I was just question. Wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have a question. Uh, I was wondering about some of the challenges that first responders face in terms of uh, like one thing the survey pointed out was um, between departments. It sounds like communication can be a challenge and going across networks. So um, what, what does that challenge look like and, and how do you address it? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so 93% of the first responders stated coordination. So what you're talking about between agencies is critical. Uh, so when, when our team um, arrives to a response, we see that, you know, every time, right? So there's, there's state, there's local, there's so many resources and, and task force teams that come to these events. It's so, so critical that they have interoperability, um, and they're able to essentially uh, speak 
share data, um, share uh, land mobile radio communications with each other. And, you know, Verizon Frontline is committed to real interoperability, uh, really ensuring that the members of public safety uh, uh, can communicate with each other, no matter what carrier they're on, no matter what device they use, no matter what application they're running. Does that become a, a point of tension in the real world in terms of dealing with with uh, other carriers, or, or or is it more of a, a agency level and device level uh, issue? Like, I'm I'm curious as to uh, the the mechanics of getting everybody to agree that hey, we're going to use this network, we're we're all going to use this kind of device, that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, there's a lot, lot behind it. So Verizon, we we adhere to the 3G PPP standards. So um, we are committed to keeping our network open and 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 ready to be interoperable with uh, other carriers, other platforms. Um, you know, as you know, Verizon, you know, we 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 supply first responder agencies with you know all the latest uh, phones today. So, you know, we really feel that it's, it's, it's very critical uh, that uh, real, on, uh, real interoperability is available for them. Um, but, yeah, there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, but I can tell you, at the end of the day, Verizon's committed to make sure that uh, we keep our, open, our, our, our networks open and, and available for those first responders when they need it most. Cool. Um, uh, I have one more non-survey question, just something that was kind of an observation, and then Kelsey will help wrangle us back into um know, reality. But now I, I was just looking at the number of devices that, because um, part of the survey that I like was was kind of breaking down where people are coming from, you know, like how long they've been on the job. It says that um, 50% of the respondents have been on the force since September, 2001. So they've had, um, you know, kind of the, the uh, you know, a, a, a different view of the, the world of safety and communication since, uh, you know, since before, uh, 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 you know, like 9-11 and in, in that uh, in, in the last 20 years. The other thing that stood out to me was just the number of connected devices that these folks are either actively dealing with or, you know, have at their disposal. I, I, I guess my question out of all this is, are they, are they sort of um, burdened by too much technology, you know, and, it, it, you know, do you, do you get the, do you get the sense that maybe there's, there's too much going on, you know, um, in, in their lives or does every, or is it kind of like the thing of, of like when I see, you know, anybody else who's doing a professional job, I look at all their tools and I'm just like, Oh, there's no way they could ever know what all that stuff is. But it's, it's actually, I'm the one who doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I think, I think that's a good question. And, and, and I would look at it as, you know, when I think about public safety, I would look at it as, you know, specifically around safety, right? There's a lot of agencies today that are sending uh, machines or drones into areas that are not safe before they're sending personnel, right? So being able to send uh, a machine that can go in there that has, you know, has perfect memory, um, you know, it, it, you, there's not a lot of risk if the, the machine gets damaged, um, you know, before they actually send an actual human being in there. Uh, to, you know, fight whatever disaster that they're fighting. And then they can get that information back real time. Um, and I think, you know, from if you, if you just think about if, if I'm a if I'm a public safety agency personnel, you know, having information like uh, biometric data, right, knowing if an officer's down, 
knowing their heart rate's going up, blood pressure, you know, it's going to allow those folks that are monitoring the situation to be able to help keep those first responders safe and be able to react in real time when, you know, years ago we didn't have that information. So I think of the technology, not only is it going to save lives, but it's also going to help keep the response safe for those that are out there saving the lives, essentially. Yeah, that, 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 that's a great point, especially with the health data, because, you know, I didn't even think about mm -hmm. that, but it's right that part of the IoT uh, sort of revolution is that, you know, our watches are more than just watches, our, mm -hmm. uh, you know, heart monitors do way more than just one job. So um, that's, a, that's a great point. Um, Kelsey, you were about to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, kind of building off of that, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about drones and, and robotics, and are there certain technologies that um, are, are really critical to first responders? I mean, it sounds like from the report that um, smartphones have provided a lot of um, tools that are really beneficial, like I imagine just simple GPS, <laughs> you know, being able to, to get to where you need to go in the event of, um, you know, tornado or hurricane or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think smartphones have been critical, right? As the survey said, smartphones are actually being used more than traditional LMR, which the LMR is their their P25 radios that they, you know, call into dispatch and they communicate with each other's. They're either getting, you know, phone calls, text messages, uh, sharing data, whether it's files, photos, video. Um, we're also able to, you know, take that radio communication and put it on the phone, on the cellular device. And what this does is it actually expands their footprint because, you know, traditional LMR networks, you know, they're, they're, the infrastructure is built, you know, generally by the states and they, they only have so much infrastructure to build out. And when you use a provider like Verizon and the Verizon Frontline technology, you're able to expand that footprint. So now, you know, I'm able to cross jurisdictions. I'm able to cross, you know, state borders. Uh, essentially, anywhere there's a Verizon signal, I'm now able to communicate with my folks that are, that are boots on the ground there in the situation, no matter if you're in Phoenix, Arizona or New York City. So, um, it, you know, super critical from a smartphone perspective. And I can tell you too, um, over half of the first responders want the ability to send their position information to team members uh, while in the field for additional situational awareness. This is very important uh, for fire departments where over 58% of the first responders said sending their position was a feature they want, they, they really wanted, right? So going back to the, the conversation we had about, you know, too much tech, um, our first responders are telling us they want the tech to ensure that they have that situational awareness of where their personnel are, and then they can go and make those real-time decisions a um, uh, lot quicker mm -hmm. and a lot smarter than they may have in the past. How aware yeah, definitely are- give you a lot more. Uh, I was just going to say it would give me more peace of mind being able to share your position. And I'm sure my husband would like me to do that in Target. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Well, well, and on that too, like, like for example, like with AI and, and it will give firefighters access to, um, you know, elements like smart buildings where, you know, we're working with some partners in some of our labs where, you know, they can walk into a building completely smoked out, can't see anything, but with the power of 5G and the, mm -hmm. and the power of Verizon Frontline Solutions, they can essentially, you know, upload and see the blueprints of the building 
in real time while they're walking through complete darkness, mm-hmm. right? So that means, you know, what we what we like to say here on the Verizon response team is every second counts. And literally, if you're able to, you know, find a position, find somebody that's in a burning building quicker, it's definitely this technology is definitely built to save lives and help people help keep people safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the thing I was uh, that, that occurred to me was how um, this was an interesting point in the survey, but maybe you could speak to it is how uh, aware are first responders of 5G and 5G capabilities, yeah. because obviously the network is a huge boost to um, what they can do in the field. And like you said, being able to send media and data back and forth. Um, are they aware of it? And are they, uh, you know, kind of comfortable, I guess, uh, as the network is being upgraded? Yeah, yeah, I would tell you that's a great point is three quarters. So about 76% of the first responders in the survey think that 5G will be very important to the future of public safety. So, you know, when when 5G becomes a commonplace, right, cloud access, we talked about AI, those will start to be very key elements. Um, You know, I can tell you, you know, I spent a lot of time out in California this year uh, visiting some of the fire base camps and talking to the incident commanders. You know, what they told me specifically was, Corey, everything is going to the cloud. You know, what we used to have to send in paperwork um, or or even doing uh, 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 virtual briefings, you know, we didn't do those even three, four years ago. So now there's such a huge appetite to take all the information, all the situational awareness, all the intel that's happening on the ground and push it up into the cloud. And that's where 5G is really going to uh, revolutionize everything, um, um, everything that we do, because the, the pipe is so much bigger. It's able to handle all of that information, and it's able to get that information to the right places, fusion centers, HQs, um, other base camps, so much quicker, right? Because the latency on 5G, you know, we're talking, you know, sub 10 milliseconds. Um, so we're, we're really excited. I think the first responders are really excited. Obviously, there's a lot of confusion out there in the marketplace around 5G. So we're trying to make sure that we make it easy for them, simple for them, and they're able to adopt the technology. Yeah. I like the idea of improving reporting and making that faster too. And I imagine the first responders would appreciate being able to do that kind of in the field while their memory is fresh and, um, you know, nobody likes doing paperwork. So (laughs) you can make that even that simpler. I think that's great. Yeah. And think about, like, I know we talked about AI, but think about how, you know, when machines start to talk to each other, right. And then they rec the, the machine recognize there's an issue. So this will allow like utilities to shut down certain, whether it's water systems or energy systems that may prevent more hazardous material uh, to enter the environment. So, you know, I only see the more tech, the more tools that's going into uh, into first responders hands. It's only going to benefit them and the citizens that they protect and serve, you know, each and every day. Well, in the incidents or the, the, Example you mentioned about drones being used in in uh, uh, robotics for uh, for public safety. That's a pretty exciting use of it too, and that does actually t- uh, tap the five G network capabilities in a way that you know is 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 
is not possible now. You know, you, you need yeah. not just complete coverage, but it has to be, you know, uh, sub millisecond latency or, or sub something millisecond. I forget what the spec is, but yeah. Sub 10, right. Sub 10 sub milliseconds. 10, yeah. yeah. You know, because if you're, if you're flying something, you need to uh, have that kind of responsive thing. And then of course you want to get that video back or that the pictures back or whatever, whatever it is you're measuring, you need to, you need to pull that down as quickly as possible. So I can definitely see that being a, a huge boost, especially, especially in these areas, boy, it seems like, um, wildfires are, are, uh, becoming a major, um, kind of a constant in certain parts of the country. And in terms of, uh, uh, you know, fire and EMS workers having to just sort of be constantly, you know, on guard, uh, for those. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, is, it, it's unfortunate. You know, we, we just had the fire after after uh, you know after the holidays or after after Christmas uh, in, yeah. in in Superior, Colorado, right? And I can tell you that kind of kind of kind of expand on that, Phil. Uh, my team responded to the the tornadoes uh, that also happened uh, this winter out in Kentucky, Tennessee, and one of the things that the first responders and the agencies wanted most was. Um, you know, that drone footage so that they can survey the area and also to help with search and rescue missions, right? There was a lot of people uh, that they had to find. There was a lot of infrastructure that was down. So many houses were just decimated. And um, the things that they that that 5G and Verizon Frontline can can differentiate is think about, you know, today we got we can send that drone in the air. We can get uh, photos. We can see the we can see the area. We can survey the area. But it takes time to bring that information back, right? And with five G, we're going to be able to put a drone in the in the air, fly over a situation, and it's going to be able to uh, create three D mapping in real time, right? So these first responders and these search and rescue uh, personnel, they're going to be able to see in re- real time, generate real time 3D augmented mapping. So then they can start making decisions and, and, and start thinking about, okay, how do we approach this situation and how can we go in there safe to go and save lives? So uh, drones, are, are, are a big part of that. And there's agencies today that are sending drones in. They're calling drone as a first responder. They're sending drones in before they're sending their personnel in. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense, especially in, in a situation like a tornado. And, you know, if you've never, uh, folks, if you're listening, if you've never been involved in something like that, like it's weird because suddenly all the things you rely on normally, you know, obviously, you know, power could be out or it could be on and in random spots, but the other kind of really dangerous and weird thing about it is suddenly your maps and your GPS of, of like of the consumer variety are not really that helpful because things have been moved, (laughs) you know, things are in the way roads are closed, roads are, you know, roads that are normally safe or flooded roads that are normally, uh, you know, this way are suddenly, you know, blocked. And I, yeah, definitely agree that just to amplify the point that having that, um, uh, having that capability to fly in a drone and just double check, you know, the maps, double check the, re, you know, the, our understanding of what's, what's out there um, can not only take that, take the risk level down for folks, but also, like you said, speed up the time it takes to get to those people that really need medical attention. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Um, and just to wrap up, I have kind of a two part question. Um, I saw that recently um, Verizon announced the um, Tactical Humanitarian Operations Response Unit or THOR, which I think is a great acronym. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so wanted to hear more about what that is. And then also, um, what are some things that you're looking forward to uh, in 2022 for Verizon Frontline? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so we're super excited about for, about Thor. So, in addition to our focus around you know network reliability and interoperability, right? Uh, we have these innovations like Thor. So you're right; it's the Tactical Humanitarian Operations Response Vehicle. It was actually just recently named one of Popular Sciences 2021 best of what's new award winners. So we're super excited about that. Uh, Thor is the world's first mobile private 5G and mech disaster response vehicle. Um, so this is representing the next generation. So you talk about, you know, the future. This is really the next generation of mobile communication and disaster response. Thor can, uh, Thor can operate in any environment under any network condition, providing mission critical, uh, mission critical capabilities to public sector partners where and when they need it most. So essentially, you know, we, we can take Thor out and we, we, can, um, we can create a 5G bubble network, ultra wideband network. So we're talking speeds of one to two gigabits. And as the technology gets better, obviously those speeds will increase anywhere in the world. Like, we, we could literally set Thor up anywhere in the world and start having those uh, those those capabilities. Um, it also offers, you know, flexibility in operating environments as well as, you know, interoperability like we've been talking about. Um, you know, it has capabilities like uh, NIMS S1 compliant, full radio interoperability. And what that means is if you, again, going back to our, our previous conversations, when multiple agencies come in from different jurisdictions, they're able to plug into Thor and start communicating with each other effectively. So, you know, Thor is just an extension of Verizon Frontline's continued commitment to meeting the evolving needs of first responders and all those that they serve. The um, uh, So it sets up an instant 5G private network wherever, wherever it's deployed. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it, it can do 5G, it can do 4G, it does microwave, it does uh, CBRS, it can do Wi-Fi. Um, you could even, if you know, if we had multiple Thors, you could set up a Thor uh, mesh network. You know, take a Thor and you put one every five or six miles. Think of that, especially in a wildfire situation, right? The wildfires, you know, the acreage is just huge and yeah. be able to start creating mesh networks, but also have these command center capabilities is definitely the next evolution into response. Yeah, I was, I was reading, the more I read about the wildfire um, situation, the more incredible it is what they're doing, because it's like the uh, the point of contact, you know, in, in, in a fire or tornado or whatever, everything kind of seems contained or stays contained or whatever. But of course, in a wildfire, you have to keep moving, you have to keep following the thing around and you know, changing your location, depending on that. And then every time you change locations, you know, power, water, roads and all that stuff become a, a completely uh, new set of uh, factors. Um, so, yeah, that'd be really interesting. I, I can also imagine, um, I don't know when you, when you described the Thor sort of vehicle or whatever, I'm picturing, um, I'm picturing that thing at the gas tank next to me at the at the service station and, <laughs> and, and they're like they're running up like a four hundred dollar bill like gassing <laughs> that thing up <laughs> so i'm sure yeah, don't i'm sure it, it needs a lot of fuel or a lot of batteries or something 
Well, well, I'll tell you, it, it's got two Cummings uh, uh, diesel generators on it as well. So it's it's literally able to uh, uh, operate for weeks without um, having to uh, uh, you know do anything but refill those generators. So as long as you have gasoline on hand, you know, drone can go on for weeks. And then as we think about the next evolution, you know, we start thinking about you know maybe an electric Thor, right? How do, how, do we, how do we continue to evolve with the times and the technology so that literally, you know, we may not need to ever use diesel gasoline and we can literally take Thor anywhere in the world. And as long as, you know, the sun is shining and as long as uh, we got some sort of energy source, you know, we're gonna be able to keep first responders connected. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, uh, Corey Davis, thanks so much for your time today. Um, we'll go ahead and wrap up the uh, uh, the survey in case you're interested in this. It's on Verizon's website. It's a public safety communication survey. It was released back in, uh, uh, I think it was back in November of uh, 2021. Uh, so please do, it, it's, a, it's a very, uh, it, an easy read, but also uh, there's a lot of depth to, uh, you know, the implications of what's being, you know, covered in that. So, so please do uh, give it a look. And uh, Corey Davis, again, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. I appreciate having you on the podcast. Yeah, Yeah, Phil, Kelsey, thank you so much. It was our pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Thanks.